Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Fernando Alonso at Aston Martin emerged as the fastest driver in second practice for the season-opening Bahrain Grand Prix, ahead of Red Bull's Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. The session saw the top 13 drivers finish within a second of each other, with Charles Leclerc and Ferrari in fourth place. Haas driver Nico Hülkenberg produced an impressive effort to finish fifth. Temperatures around 22 degrees, air temp track temp about 26 degrees in the evening under the lights prompting several teams to head out on the soft tyres. Alpine's Esteban Ocon used the soft to go first, followed by Lance Stroll of Aston Martin and I think the 27th lap he'd driven in that car. And the first round of performance runs saw Leclerc go first ahead of Carlos Sainz. Uh, Perez shot to the top of the timesheets before Alonso took over with a 1 minute 30.907 which would be unbeaten for the rest of the session. Uh, The drivers then did the typical late FP2 long run data gathering exercise. Uh, after the session, the stewards got busy with investigating Nick De Vries pulling out in front of Lando Norris in the pit lane. Well, Alonso's time followed an impressive performance from FP1 where he split the two Red Bulls despite attempts by Alonso and Aston Martin to downplay their impressive pace from testing. They are still strong. Aston had two cars in the top six with Lance Stroll back in the car. That's going to be a big talking point today. Uh, And some concerns, though, about his mobility. At one point, when the team asked him to alter his line through turn one, he replied, I can't. Red Bull's pace on the long run simulations still appear to mark them out, though, as uh, the team to beat. To discuss the action back on track and for the first time this year, as it's the first race of the season, editor of Autosport.com, Hayden Cobb. Welcome back to the podcast. Here we go again. What do you make of Aston Martin's true pace then? It's been very, very impressive. Yeah, like you you said, there is the hype train that's growing and uh, it's led by Fernando Alonso um, in terms of the, the spearhead for the team because of what Lance Stroll has unfortunately been up to in the last couple of weeks. Um, but the pace is there. The, the car looks, looks, looks a contender. Now, I, I will say I expect more to come from... 
Red Bull, Ferrari and probably Mercedes uh, come qualifying and, and the race when they sort of turn engines up and, and various strategy gets involved. But in terms of the pace of the car and its competitiveness, yeah, I, I would say we can confidently say that Aston Martin are going to be in the hunt. Uh, I would put them probably a little bit further back than, than say, being first and <laughs> sort of up in the, the, the <laughs> fight for the win. But yeah, no, they've, they've definitely been in the fight. And that is so exciting because, well, for anyone to take the fight to Red Bull this year, because coming out of testing, like everybody was saying, not just us, and we've, you know, if auto sport dares make a wrong prediction, my goodness me, do we find out about it. Um, but team bosses, engineers, everyone in the paddock we spoke to saying, look, Red Bull's good. Red Bull are quick. So for anyone to be even close would be great. For Aston Martin to have made progress, that's great. Especially for Fernando Alonso. He finally made a career move at the right time. Uh, criminal that he hasn't won since, was it 2013 or something? His last race, uh, where, where, where he won. Um, but, uh, but how far ahead are they uh, uh, from the midfield? That's what we just don't know. But if you look at that pack, Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin... People don't seem to be talking about Ferrari and Mercedes as much. They're sort of quietly going about their plans, their runs, doing all that kind of stuff. Like all the hype is on on Aston Martin. How, how did you read that that battle with Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes today when we were looking at that? Uh, you know, the sort of the soft tire pace. Red Bull have got pace in pace in hands. They traditionally, yeah, have the engines turned down somewhat. I know other teams will, but they uh, certainly since they've had that Honda package that's been class of the field for a couple of years now um they yeah they they turn up the the settings on come sort of q2 q3 qualifying and they find three and four tenths and not that i want to burst any bubbles but i really wouldn't be that surprised if if it's a rebel one two by a couple of tenths um in in qualifying they yeah i think they were trying a few sort of setup options um over friday practice um, some which didn't quite work out. Verstappen was sort of heard complaining over team radio that the the feeling and the sort of the, the general car wasn't quite as good as at testing. That's uh, that is probably them because of the limited testing time that they had. So they were like, well, FP1 isn't in representative conditions. It's it's effectively an hour test session. So why not g- give it a go and see what else we we can find out about this car uh, because they only had three days of, of preseason testing and and. So therefore, I think when they revert back to sort of what we saw in in testing of of what they know that works and what looked planted, smooth, and and when you've spoken to to Alex and and other people that have been trackside in Bahrain uh, over the last couple of weeks, they certainly say that's the class of the field. So I, I would fully expect them to sort of return to the top. F- Ferrari and Mercedes again, they've sort of stuck to their own plans. Like for example, in FP1, neither of those. Teams uh, even touch the soft tyre. Obviously, just knowing that it's only really going to count um, when the sun goes down because FP2 is run at the same time of day as qualifying in the race. So when they did strap it on, they were granted a little bit of a step behind uh, Red Bull and Aston who did use the soft tyre in in uh, in FP1. But um, I think, again, still sort of largely sticking to their programme, still figuring out their car. I would, again, still therefore put them a step behind Red Bull, but I'd expect them to be there and, and probably ahead of Aston Martin once once again sort of turn up the wick of their of their engines as well. 
Now, let me ask you, as the editor of Autosport.com, so your finger is well and truly on the pulse of what our readers are into, because, well, you're not going to populate a website full of things nobody wants to read. So with the best will in the world, sometimes the more interesting stuff, you sort of think, oh, I thought more people would like that. And, And sometimes we're surprised at what everyone's clicking on. It is... The you know we often see a lot of love from McLaren. We are ultimately a UK-based media organisation, so we see a lot of love from McLaren sometimes um, in terms of what people are interested in. Are you seeing any anything come through if we publish an Alonso article, for instance? Is that getting more hits or not really? Ah, oh, well, I don't want to reveal too many secrets. Oh, okay, okay. Our competitors we're... might be listening. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's it's nothing too. Uh, intellectual property we won't be suing anyone or taking them to court of arbitration for sport or anything like that or so that but but no you, you, you've what you've sort of said there is along the right lines of Alonso is obviously a huge huge name in motorsport two-time Formula 1 world champion but if you've if as I, as I like to correct my colleagues he's he's actually got more world championships because he did indeed win the world endurance championship with Toyota so in multiple multiple world champion in different disciplines uh extremely talented but also extremely popular and yeah the the, the re-emergence of Fernando Alonso has certainly um spiked interest from from everyone that's involved in in and is interested in Formula One and that's that's only really a good thing. Um, it's it's it did sort of see when we when Alpine were making their own resurgence uh, halfway through last year, and Alonso was starring in that. Um, we sort of saw a whisper of it. The star factor, and I think just the combination of Aston Martin, who okay, the team has been around for for, for decades in in various guises, but the, the team itself is still under the Aston Martin branding. New. Uh, but having that star quality and that pull of of Alonso um, seems to have put together a nice mix, along with sort of the the investment that's going on with the team. Having the former uh, technical director Dan Fallows at, at Aston Martin now, and his sort of his his influence as well there is is definitely bringing things forward for for that team. So having that in the mix of yeah, usual superstars from Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari is 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 a great thing for for Formula One, and I think that's potentially what the story, everyone wants the story to be for the start of the season. Of course, it, we want a competitive grid of of all teams fighting for for wins and podiums. But I think if we're being realistic and looking at the the picture of where everything lies like right, right now, if Aston Martin uh, and Stroll and, and Alonso can can be in the fight for podiums, that would be fantastic against the uh, the big three, as it were. Oh, absolutely. So, so exciting uh, to think that we waited 10 years to see an Alonso back on the top step of the podium. Um, last time he was in a Ferrari, of course, and this time, oh my goodness, it'd be amazing. Let's talk, uh, so we've done the sort of the top four teams. It used to be the top, we used to, the top three. We've, our shorthand is all the top, the top three. Now let's start know, saying we, the we top We could four. get to Sunday night and prove that we're, <laughs> we're all very, very wrong and, and just have to revise this, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. For now, I think we can call them a top four for now. Let's talk about McLaren. Now, some people in the intervening time between testing and today even suggested that McLaren and Williams would be fighting at the back of the grid. It appears over the last five days or so, McLaren have discovered some of those problems in testing more likely to be midfield than a back marker. Do you agree or not? They certainly look much stronger than they were in in testing. They they made no bones about of... um the problems that they faced with the the wheel brows or, or whatever you want to call that part of the car and, they, and they've got a permanent fix for that uh, in place and 
yes, they're, they're, you could tell they were on the back foot, to use a cliche from testing, um, and they've sort of been playing catch-up in the week that's just gone. But I, yeah, I would certainly say they're still very much part of the midfield at, at present. I wouldn't say they're probably as far back as as what testing uh, appeared to to put them as. Um, but again, if it, if it comes down to sort of reliability or issues like that that crop up, then there's yeah, <laughs> there's almost nowhere to hide for for them on that on that front if if it comes back to mm. them. So yeah, uh, McLaren do look look better than say testing, but I wouldn't say it's a cause for celebration or, or too much to get the, the party poppers out just yet. And uh, who else surprised today? Has looked quick, actually. Again, Nico Hulkenberg has driven Formula One cars uh, since 2019, super sub, but um, uh, he looked strong. The Alpines, uh, we didn't know how what they were like after testing because they didn't actually do a proper long run in the Alpines. They did it in the sort of the heat of the day. Um, and the two drivers were pretty cagey afterwards as well, but also sort of with smiles on their face. So they didn't look too concerned. Um, we saw some quick times from the Alfa Romeos as well at the time today. Any other teams that impressed you? Yeah, I, I think on, on Haas again, <laughs> they went on the soft tyre early, but it's not to say they didn't do a brilliant job for the package that they've got. And, and like we say, I think from testing, they're, they're in nicely in the middle of that sort of midfield pack. Um, Alpine is still a curious one. I, I know, granted, it's only Friday practice after that three-day test, but it's, it's still very tricky to sort of place them. I know that um, in FB2 we had... Um, sorry, we're, they're just having a quick reminder. Uh, Ocon 11th and and Gasly 7th, which is, is probably closer to where they should be roughly, maybe the lower end of the top 10, just outside the points. But... Yeah, it didn't seem like a. They just haven't gone for a full performance lap, really. Even now, I wouldn't say they have. They've put everything together, and and they are very much a team that are keeping it until until qualifying tomorrow. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's it's been solid. I would say, yeah, Williams are probably still back to where they they were last year in terms of back of the field, um, but um, they could be fighting Alpha Tauri by the looks of it in terms of that last place spot to avoid because they they had a didn't have a they had in terms of mileage a very good um test but in terms of yeah pure performance um wasn't anything to 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 write home about and very much the same I think would say after Friday practice in Bahrain one of those stories coming out of uh, the testing was Alpha Tauri and a German report saying that uh, there are teams interested in, in in buying them and of course the the owners, the shareholders of, of what Dietrich Maschitz left behind, um, that's a decision that ultimately they'll make. But yeah, it'll be very weird to have one team, Red Bull, as you know, double world champion Max Verstappen back at the front this year, and then Alpha Tauri right at the back with Williams. That might hasten a decision, but I had a huge amount of speculation going on there. The, the latest on, on that is because the, the team principals um, got asked about that today in the, in the- press conference and 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 Horner sort of gave an interesting remark of sort of saying he was amused by these these reports and they have sort of been dismissed so far in terms of the team uh isn't isn't for sale we're not looking to to change anything um and sort of has the full support of of rebel backing and social media being very very funny is almost every time in recent Formula One history, those sorts of denials have been made. It's instantly proven to be the opposite is true. <laughs> Think back to Ricardo saying he's here to stay at McLaren. Um, 
I forget off the top of I forget some others, but that's the sort of the vibe, which is not, it's certainly not to say that, yeah, that, that Rebel uh, is, is looking to sell off a towery or, or a deal is going to be done or anything like that. But it's very clear that, as you mentioned earlier, that the performance levels of, of where AlphaTauri is meant to be or needed to be in terms of where Rebel are looking for them to be is simply they're not meeting targets. Um, and the argument of the young using it as the young driver program sort of the next step has has largely not delivered for 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 a number of years granted they've let talent with the exception of Max Verstappen sort of move elsewhere or, or just it hasn't worked out obviously like Carlos Sainz for example he was a junior driver and now he's driving at Ferrari so it's not to say there wasn't talent but in you could say certainly in the last five to six years it hasn't produced any any drivers of of considerable talent and that's why Perez is in the Red Bull, having been uh, taken on from when he was at Racing Point, and uh, that's why De Vries has ended up there next to Sonoda, who was obviously a, a Merck uh, connected driver before that. Um, so indeed, if if it's not providing uh, a useful training ground, or indeed producing young drivers that will step up to the to the Red Bull uh, senior team, let's call it, um, or indeed is is matching the performance levels of what they need. It sort of then begs the question of what what is its purpose really, and and I think that's probably where this is this conversation has begun. Now it's been it's been denied, and I, and I yeah, unless anyone says anything differently, you you take them at their word. But it's um it's a curious one that I think we'll have to keep an eye out on, especially with factors like uh, Andretti are looking for a a spot on the grid. There's definitely other interest from other entities about joining Formula One and and. If there is going to be a team that potentially could be changing hands, let's say, AlphaTauri sort of is the one that makes perfect sense if Red Bull mm. see it as a surplus to requirements. Absolutely. Uh, even the likes of Honda, who uh, we know we see the Ford agreement with uh, Red Bull powertrains. You know, there's, there's, there's car makers that might want a full entry into uh, Formula One. So we know we'll wait and see. But you know, even though Formula One was back today, uh, properly, properly at Bahrain, not just testing. There were still other big stories going on. Now, as editor of Autosport.com, uh, can you fill us in on some of those other big stories that have been making the news today? Because there's some interesting stuff coming out of the paddock. Yes, and a couple, they all seem to link Red Bull. I know we just talked about uh, Red Bull and AlphaTauri situation there, but continuing on that theme, uh, Christian Horner today sort of announced or confirmed that they uh, exploratory talks have begun with McLaren and his counterpart uh, at McLaren, Zach Brown, about Red Bull powertrains potentially supplying engines to McLaren from from 2026 in terms of that Red Bull powertrains Ford collaboration that is is on its on the way. They could look to customer teams and McLaren obviously is it currently a, a Mercedes customer and that could that could be a thing which would be a fascinating dynamic. I, I guess it wouldn't be too different from from what McLaren has has got used to uh, in it in its recent history, having had customer deals with Mercedes, but previously Renault and obviously the the failed Honda partnership. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's an intriguing one to keep an eye out for. That um, you, you let's say, like I think if you probably said this time last year, um, or maybe perhaps even sooner, that you'd be very very surprised to see or something like that. But uh, things have moved on considerably, and so what, why not? Uh, and the other bit of, wow. sort of big news off away from the Friday practice is uh, Mercedes has hired one of Red Bull's former senior figures as a special advisor. Uh, her name is. 
uh, Jane Paul, uh, and she previously held roles as uh, a chief operating officer and a HR director at Red Bull, and she joined Mercedes, which is obviously always slightly controversial. Now, that's it's, it's it's fair to say this this isn't probably going to impact the performance or a technical side of, of, of the car, but this is more about the, the team dynamics, building the best and most efficient team. And as we, as we all know, um, having a brilliant HR team is key to any organisation, as, as well as getting the people, basically hiring the right people and making the right people happy at the job. So that's a, it's an interesting sort of uh, left field uh you can't even mm. uh, driver market change or anything like that because there's nothing to do with that but normally yeah. we talk about drivers moving or technical directors moving um, or even sponsors moving but this is still a, a key move in between the two big teams of 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 a, of a very very important figure and how a, how a team is run how a team is put together these these people make all the pieces work and fit together so that's that's going to be another one to keep an eye out for and we know it's something that Toto Wolf thinks deeply about how to run an organisation, how to create a culture, how to have a um, uh, a process where one day you won't be with the company. So who have you got coming up behind you that can be the new Toto Wolf? And so I think people were, you know, looking around at uh, Mercedes and thinking, well, he's not going anywhere yet. But who are the senior figures? The you know the big executives at Mercedes, and here certainly she's a massive name to come over from from Red Bull. That won't be able to say, well, you know, you want another quarter turn on your front wing to go a bit quicker, but she will be able to advise on the things that Red Bull have been doing very well. And also, I'm always I, part of Formula One that I'm super interested in is is uh, is is dynasties and how they fail. And if you look at the teams that have dominated in the past, and whether that is teams that are still at the front, like Ferrari, or former teams like Williams, who find themselves at the back these days, McLaren, of course, that are struggling now. Uh, you know, And Red Bull is a team that absolutely dominated, and yet went through that Mercedes era of domination and could come back strong. So many teams can't come back. Uh, and so she will have been there through that time as Christian Horner's right-hand woman and uh, and and brings a huge amount of experience to Mercedes. So um, I'm not sure what my point was, but rambling, really. I mean, we're at our time now, done our 20 minutes. So Hayden, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for, for joining me. Looking forward to this weekend. Great to have F1 back, in it? Oh, big time. Yeah, it's... Um, love it. It's, it's, it. The start of the season always is, has that excitement and, and I love that... That first, yeah, first qualifying because then you then you finally the the guff and the talking sort of stops <laughs> and we actually get to see we, we our, our predictions or our permutations of where we think they're going to line up. We can we can stop, which I'm sure <laughs> people are probably sick sick to sick of hearing now. So yeah, come this time tomorrow, we'll know uh, a qualifying sort of pecking order, and then yeah, by the first race, there's always there's always an unknown that happens or, or things because teams do largely go into. The, mm. the first race season, sometimes not sure of their own performance over uh, a race run with, with pit stops and how the tyres behave. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many unknowns that we'll, we'll finally find out uh, over the next 48 hours. And uh, if the second year of these new rules regs mean that the, the pack has tightened up a bit, then... Uh, as they all start to converge a bit on similar ideas. That's a good thing too. I will subtitle this podcast, The Guff Stops Now, of which I particularly uh, I particularly like. Thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, for our first Friday practice podcast of the year. We will be back very soon with our qualifying podcast. Alex Kalanokis will bring his travel diary to us tomorrow as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.